Good afternoon, good evening, good morning, depending on where hell you're listening to this podcast from. I am Kojo, of course, the Freeman for Podcast. Welcome to the show. And it's the summer transfer window. Um, a lot happening, a lot going on, a lot of exciting moves for a lot of teams. Crazy moves happening as well. Rumours flying around the place. And I thought there would be no one else better to join me than someone who's been on actually what, in the last oh, episode before last Um because the last episode was an Arsenal podcast, and God knows he doesn't want to talk, he doesn't want to do anything with Arsenal fans. <laughs> um, you know me well, man. Come on, come on. <laughs> How you doing, bro? <laughs> I'm good, man. First of all, as always, man. Pleasure to be back on the podcast, and and yeah, man. Like you said, a lot has been going on, not just in terms of Chelsea, but you know, I'm, I'm thinking of Wolves with Neves and. Uh, Tonali going to Newcastle. There's so much going on, man. But it's always good to be back on the podcast and 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 chop it up and talk with you. So appreciate you having me back on. Yeah, it's always a pleasure to have you on the show, man. And you know, even some of the news said that Tonali to Newcastle. That's not a transfer that I thought I'd hear in the well in a million years. But now Newcastle are rich, mega mega rich. They have reached the Champions League and they're ambitious as hell. Um, but we're not going to start there. We'll start with your club first because you guys have been doing a lot of business. In particular, going out because um, we know that uh, Gusto and um, Nkunku were already coming. We already spoke. We spoke about that in the last show that we did. Um, then, well, I think they're essentially permanently like known now that they are Chelsea players. Um, but on your goings out, essentially the midfield that you had um, to say winning the Champions League of Jorginho, Kante, and um, Kovacic in six months has been ripped apart. They're all gone. Um, so yeah, firstly on those three, what are we saying? Is it is it time? Was it time for a revolution? Considering, I mean, Jorginho left for his reasons. Kante injuries. Kovacic could be, say the same as well. Was it just time to just cut the cord and start fresh? I think so. I think he. I've, uh, I mean, I was surprised with the Kovacic one, and I, I think I can't remember if I said it to you or I've said it to someone else. But when Pep comes for you and City are interested in you, there's a reason. There's still a player in there for, for me in terms of Kovacic. But I, I feel last season alone, Kovacic changed in terms of his performances. He had a lot of injuries. If you think back to the season before, the one that's just finished, he played pretty much, I'd say, 60% of that through an injury, two injuries. Um, I remember back to the FA Cup final against Liverpool. He was heavily bandaged up. He, he, I mean, he was literally probably getting injected just to, to play 90 minutes. So I think injuries played a massive part in Kovacic's performances. And I think that that's obviously, again, given the new owner, now Potticino, who's coming through for four, you know, is he going to be able to sustain that for, for you know, the duration of this season coming? So I think that made sense to maybe move him on. My only worry is with strengthening what I would call a rival in City. So I always think, like I said before, Pep comes in for you, City come for you, Nine out of ten times, they're going to make you the player that they want you to be. And obviously, they've lost Gundogan. I think a red Bernardo Silva might be going to the Saudi, Saudi uh, one yeah. of the Saudi clubs as well. So he's going to get game time at City if that is the case. So very good deal. Um, can't remember the, the fee. I think the fee might be twenty six, maybe in the region of twenty six yeah, pounds. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, something like that. So you know, relatively good. Um, and Golo Kante was one that I mean, I knew it was going to happen. I think. There was talk a couple of weeks ago that he was, you know, expected to sign a new deal. The new deal was on the table. He was happy with the deal. Um, 
but never got signed. He never got, you know, there was no, never, no, it was never approved. He was never done deal. It was always, he's happy with the deal. He's happy with the negotiations. He's happy with the, the wage structure and da, 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 and all of that. But it, it just stopped. He went quiet. That was just the back end of the season. And it's a shame for him because I mean, it, rightfully so. I'm glad he's gone to, a, uh, you know, we were, I think we were offering him 10 million a year or something. You know, the club he's gone to is offering him 25 million tax free money. <laughs> oh, a year. So it's a no brainer for Kante to go. And, you know, he deserves that. I mean, he's one, you think when he came into the Premier League, you know, he, he galvanized the midfield for Leicester. He'd done exactly the same for us, you know, when he, he came to Chelsea as well. He's won it all. You know, he's won every, yeah. every trophy possible, I think, in England that is possible. Um, Club World Cup to add to that as well. So yeah. I think it's probably the right time for him to go. Um, injuries have played a massive part in his back-to-back seasons for him. We, we lost him a lot last season. So I think him going was always going to be, uh, you know, it was always going to be a difficult one for Chelsea because I think he's irreplaceable, in my opinion. I don't think there's many N'Golo Kante's out there, Fact. in my opinion. There's players, very good midfield players out there. There's people that can do a very good job. But when you see N'Golo Kante at his best, there's not many that are matching him. So Quality. it's gonna be it's gonna be a loss. It's gonna be a loss. And and I think the other one was Jorginho. Jorginho. Yeah, I mean that's that's six months down the line, but it's just interesting to see how that midfield trio has now yeah. gone all the way. And even he might be leaving Arsenal this summer anyway. Like it's well, yeah, it doesn't it doesn't look like the grass is always greener, is it? So I well. <laughs> I, I think I think obviously for him, you know, there was very much the talk that he he wasn't happy with behind the scenes anyway at Chelsea. Um mm. But it did seem a bit very rushed through. I think it was on deadline day that he signed the deal to go to Arsenal. So, I mean, players come and go. And, you know, I'm sure we'll talk about some of the others shortly. But, yeah, players come and go. And I think you you, know, you just have to respect the decisions. You know, at the end of the day, some of these players are thinking about their own futures rightfully as well. You know, Kante, 25 million a year. That could set up his family and his next generation of, of you know, kids down the line. Their kids for the next... So... You know, it's a short-term career, so they've got to look after themselves. Yeah, no, I agree. And you know what it is, yeah? On, on someone like Kante going to Saudi Arabia, which I actually, I actually rate the move. Let me not lie. And the reason why I rate the move is because and I can see that they're not only now going for, I guess, the players that you'd say how past their peak. And, you know, they're now going for Brozovic, for example. They're going for Ruben Neves. They're going for Bernardo Silva. You can argue that Morris is still in his peak years because Morris yeah. is not, he's not slowed down. Like... The the and, and I think I think Eduardo Mendy's going there, no? Yeah, we're gonna yeah, Mendy, Mendy. Mendy's almost got a deal. I think it's ten million. We're gonna sell Mendy, mm-hmm. Kulabali, Hakim Ziyech, the next three to go over there. Callum Hudson, the Doys, another one that's been tipped to go over there. Um, Ruben Loftus Cheek had two offers, but he's also got offers in Europe as well. So, I mean, look, they, that, for me personally, and I know there's a massive comparison at the moment between the the Chinese Super League and the Saudi League that is currently up and coming and it's growing. I just think the Saudi league is, is, is structured a lot better. I yeah. think the finances are there for this to be a long, a long-term plan. The longevity is there for this to be a really good league for, for any age caliber, 18, 31, you want to go and retire over there. If you want to start your career over there, it's a good place yeah. to probably go. I think in the next couple of years, it's going to take off. And, you know, if they get infrastructure in terms of youth set up and all of that, it, you know, it's about time there was competition from just the Premier League being, the golden boys of and, and and you know everyone coming to the Premier League. Let's see what another league, another another country, another continent can do as well. Well, that's that's the uproar, isn't it? Obviously, people are talking about like ah, oh, it's um the the favorite word is sports washing and all that. And I'm I'm just like guys. Firstly, 
football's been corrupt from day one anyway. We, we, you have a documentary on ne- on Netflix about FIFA, the whole bloody organization. If you want to well, watch that, you know what I mean? <laughs> They're top of the food chain. So if you're talking about exactly. corrupt, it starts from up there, but let alone talking about the guys. Brown like, envelopes. Really, you know what I mean? But as a, as a, just like trying to build an actual league and make it so competitive, what I think was so smart was, and I think what MLS are going to try and do as well, because I think they kind of failed the first two times with Thierry and Beckham, is yeah. when they got Ronaldo in there, got a year in there, got the most famous footballer on the planet, got the eyes there because immediately mm-hmm. it was like people are keeping tabs on what's going on. And then suddenly people were like, oh, I didn't know Anderson Tolisco's playing down there. I didn't know um, Igalo's the top scorer in the league down there. Like people are keeping their eyes on that league now. And then he's gone there and people were expecting that at the end of the season, he'd just run away for a loan or he'd be looking for a move back to Europe saying, I'm out of here. He's he's calm. He's happy. He's happy. He's happy. And people are looking like, hold on. Okay, if he's happy, uh, maybe this might be worth it. And they're offering wages that they can. Yeah. They're offering, they're showing infrastructure like you spoke about, the, the improving training grounds. They've got good stadiums. Oh, yeah. They've got oh, yeah. very good stadiums. They've got, yeah. they've, they, they can't compete. And I think it hurts in particular the Premier League, but the rest of Europe, because Europe is the golden boy, isn't it? It's like, you don't really watch, if you're from Europe, you don't really, or, well, I see if you're from Europe, let me try and be a bit more smarter about this. If you are focused on the top leagues in England and, yep. and Spain and Italy, Germany, and to an extent France, if you, I mean, people call it pharmacy forever because of PSG. If you're focused on those guys, you, you don't dare think about the Brazilian leagues and then the MLS and um, any African leagues and any Asian leagues because to, mm-hmm. to you, the small play, who, who cares? Yeah. Well, you finally got someone that's saying, yeah, we're going to compete. And what I want as well is the Champions League is at the, the golden boy, but there are many Champions Leagues in football. There's a European Champions League. That's why it's called the UEL. Um, yeah. Um, or UCL, sorry, UCL. Um, and you've got um, the African Champions League, you've got the Asian Champions League. If players yeah, of high quality go there and compete for these trophies and make it competitive, you can put eyes everywhere. This, this is what football is about. It should be. It should be about. And I should, we should be happy to watch so many different leagues and see so many talents in different places. I don't think the Chinese League did it well with Oscar and Hulk. You got two guys there in that time were famous because Hulk was, well, yeah. the name alone carried carried weight. And Oscar was yep. a quality footballer. I think I think he did all right at Chelsea before he came to Chelsea. Where was he before he came to Chelsea? Juve? Oscar, uh, where was Oscar before uh, Chelsea? I don't know. I don't think he was in Europe. I think you're right. I don't think he was. I said Juve, but I don't think he was at Juve at all. Um, wherever he was, I remember him being hot property. And um, obviously you signed him and he, I remember he scored some quality goals for you guys as well. Went to China. Yeah, he did. He was a good player. He was a really good player. There you go. But obviously, they didn't use it properly. Beckham, the superstar from Real Madrid, straight down to LA Galaxy. You got to utilize that. They didn't do well enough for that. Then you got Thierry Henry. He was scoring quality goals for you. Didn't do much with that. Even Zlatan for the two years that he yeah, was. Yeah, he forgot about well. Zlatan as well. You know what I mean? So mm. someone's doing it. Obviously, they got Messi coming now. So that's going to be an interesting one to see. You can't mess um, that one up. Literally, no no pun intended, but you can't mess up the Messi. You can't uh, mess it up. You've got him. Uh, you've got the global, him and Ronaldo, the global the global football everywhere. You, you go to the tiniest island 
on the globe and you say Lionel Messi yeah. and they know who he is. So you can't mess that one up now. This is the Fact. the last roll of the dice for MLS. But um Benzema as well, just quickly. I mean, he's gone oh, over yeah. there as well. And yeah. you know, I think I think obviously I think the the maybe religion comes into it slightly, you know, you look at some of the plays that have gone over there as well. Maybe there's a link to that. But why not? You know, I think I, I read a tweet the other day about um I don't even mention who it was, United, ex United player. But um, on Sky Sports, you know who I'm talking about, right back. Oh, back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He begins with a G. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I think he's, I, I think, you know, another, you know, another one who was happy to see, you know, um, bids coming in from the Far East for Man United. Same with the other one, the one who, whose name begins with a J and, you know, it's from Liverpool. You know, he's happy to yeah. see, you know, bids coming in for, for Liverpool as well and you think you know Salford aren't being pushed through the pyramid of football league what what to, to get to the Premier League and be sold to who an investor where's the investors going to be from so it's all well and good when it's not lining you know it's not it's not good when it's not lining your pockets but when it's lining up your pockets then it's okay to do these things and you know when Ronaldo went there was no talk about all of these other stuff you know he was happy for Ronaldo to leave Man United yeah. so he was happy to go and sit in Qatar and and present for the World Cup so, which is fine, which is 100% it. fine, but don't exactly. then come on the other side a couple months later and start talking about, oh, you know, it's all this and that, and sports washing, and da, 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 da. and they, they, they've taken the golf, they've taken the boxing. These people are choosing to go over there because one, they're getting a better deal than they are over here. That's that's that's, mm-hmm. that's a no brainer. Kante was getting offered 10 million pounds at Chelsea. <laughs> two-year contracts or something, three-year contracts. Now, he's getting the same terms and getting £15 million more, and I'm pretty sure oh. it's tax-free. I'm not 100% sure on that, but I'm pretty sure it's it tax-free. Is. So if it is, it is, it's a no-brainer. Come on, like I just said, he, what if he doesn't want to be a football coach or he doesn't want to be a manager when he leaves football and he wants to just invest in his money? It's an extra 15 M's that he's just, he's just earned over two years or three years. So, Literally. you know, I don't, I don't criticise anyone that goes over to another league, you know, God forbid we didn't have anyone that was from you know, Europe or Africa or the a Caribbean island that came to England to kick football because we'd just be like the Romanian league or the, the, the another league in Europe that no one, <laughs> no one watches if we're being real because look at the English yeah, talents no. that is not amazing That's... across up and down the country so you've got to be careful what what fight pick, you know, pick your battles wisely man don't be don't be talking about imagine no Haaland in the Premier League or no Kevin De Bruyne or no this person that person so what's the difference with it on the other side of the world, I don't know. There is no difference. It just hurts them that suddenly maybe the Premier League and the other leagues that they adore are just not the main attraction for these guys. Um, you know, if you give it three years ago, and if we say Benzema was leaving Real Madrid then, the first link would be all oh, Premier League clubs. Oh, there's no way oh, yeah. he's going to uh, Saudi Arabia League. No, he's... And, you know, when they're happy to see someone go, like you said, like about Ronaldo, because when Ronaldo left, it was like, oh, it's the end of his career then. He's done. Why is he going to Saudi Arabia? That means you're done. You're, it's game over. He's rubbish now. He's not as good as he was. But now you're seeing guys go then. Arguably, when you're talking about Ruben Nevis, who's, if you're talking about age, technically isn't in his prime, but is young enough to have at least another 10, 15 years in the game. Mm. If he's going there and then Brozovic's following him, who's next? You know, even Callum Hustle Doyle hasn't well, he's 21, 22? Yeah, 21, 22. I mean, he's he's had a troubled, a troubled couple of seasons. You know, you think mm. back to I think Sari was still there. Must have been Sari when he was at Chelsea. So he's he had a troubled 
trouble time under Sari. Um, went on loan to Bayern Leverkusen, didn't really perform. I think he started pretty well, but he just dipped out. Oh, yeah. So I think he's probably at that point now where he knows he needs another club. And if that's not in somewhere in Saudi, it's going to be a club in Europe or another club in England, maybe even maybe even drop down to a relegated team from the Prem from last season and just try and rediscover himself. But, you know, it's a shame for him. You know, he had a lot of potential, but I think he came through that crop of players that, you know, the Mason Mounts, the Ruben Loftus-Cheeks, the Chalabar, the Christiansons. He came through that bunch of Cobham graduates and, he kind there was there was only the door was only ajar for so many of them to get through, and I just don't think he, you know, Billy Gilmore, another one. You know, there's there's so many oh. of them that came through that same door. There was only going to be so many that was going to make the first team, and he was just unfortunate that there was players ahead of him at the time that were just considered a better a better fit for the for the style that he wanted to play. Yeah, exactly. Um, one more thing on the Saudi thing is that someone made an interesting comment to me on WhatsApp um, in a group chat. I'm just going to say this right now, right? If anyone is criticizing any of these guys for going to get wages over there, I don't care. Get your money. Get get your money. Right. And I'm I'm saying this all day. The same reason, right. the same thing I said to someone at work as well, where someone said, "Oh, because one of where I work, I'm not gonna bait it out." Um, someone, <laughs> someone, um, I think they're in, essentially the boss of the company, or near enough the boss of the company, has now got like a new position in another company as well. So they're doing dual, right, know, right, dual, 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 money, yeah. yeah, and the money in that job as well. If you think about if you feel about the role and what they're offering, you know it's gonna be like you're talking about a mm. hundred thousand a year minimum kind of thing. Plus, and, yeah, 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 exactly. And someone said, "Oh, yeah, but do, do they need that?" I mean, considering how much you get here, I'm like, well, so what? So what about what they get here? No get your money. Get your money. Hell, in fact, in fact, if I'm gonna be very, very honest, no one's really taxed fairly in this country. Like, I mean, the rich, mm. the rich stay rich. Absolutely, we want to go into the whole technicals, of course. But yeah, if yeah. you're talking about how much people get taxed here, your 100K is not 100K. So if you no, top it up with another 100K, top it up with another 100K. Yeah, I'm here for it. I applaud you. I applaud you. Get your money. No, it's true, man. I'm, it's true. My, it my, ambition true. Is to be a, my ambition is to be a manager of a, of a club one day. I'm going to get back into my coaching, continue my badges, try and go to the top. Yeah. If I'm managing Man United, Lord willing, I mean, if the glaciers are gone, that is, after and I've enjoyed five <laughs> years there, I've enjoyed five years there. I'm on good money, and then suddenly, I don't know, uh, another club in Saudi Arabia says, "Yeah, we want you to come and manage here for two years, and we give you 900k a year." I'm like, "Listen, I love this club, but I'm out. I am gone. out. You're two gone. years is gone. enough, and I'll retire. I am done. I'll do punditry for the rest of my life." And this is what I'm trying to say. This is what I'm saying to when when I have this discussion recently with people. I keep saying to them, footballers don't have a lot. You're not playing football till you're 80 like or 60, you know, like most yeah. jobs, like regular jobs, you, you retire in at 65 or 70, depending on when you're going to retire. These footballers don't have that. Yeah, they might have a good pension. They might have obviously investments that while they're doing in football. But if we're talking about long-term, imagine you retire at 30 or 35, you still probably got another 40 years plus on the earth. So you got to think about you got to set yourself up nice and so you ain't got to, yeah. do you know what I mean, do all these madness and whatever else. So you end up in, what's it called, the, the jungle program uh, and all them things. That I'm a celebrity. <laughs> do you know what I mean? You've got, to, you've got to set yourself up and a lot of footballers, I think it's changing now, but a lot of footballers back in the day, they never got like financial, um, like courses to make sure that you was okay with your money. Like 
then it was just winning yeah. you could spend it how you want whereas now there's yeah. things in places and clubs where they they try and help you push your money into investments and this and that and da, da, da. so you're, you're meant to be okay when you retire but not everyone does that some people don't want to do that some people want to live for now so yeah go and get your money invest it well and then live nice for the next 50 60 years whatever I don't, I don't, to me, why would you want to stay in grey London? Not even just London, England. Let's be real. Let's not, let's not sugarcoat it. The whole, whole of England country. is the same. <laughs> whole country. Why would you want to, why would you want to stay here in, in, in a place that 90% of the time it's always either bad news or it's raining or whatever, or yep. go to Saudi and, and, and live life, enjoy life, less stress. Well, what, are we, yep. what are we talking about? Come on, this is mad. So uh, go and get your money and enjoy that's all I gotta say to any footballer that's been listen. I'm hoping they call my phone because there must be a job for me there, <laughs> hey, bro. I, I'm not kidding. You not with the, I actually googled um, South, uh, football jobs in Saudi Arabia just to see, just in case. <laughs> you never know if it's an opening that you take it, man. Um, well, anyway, let's let's continue. Um, back to the transfers. Um, so Kai Havertz is yeah. the, probably the biggest transfer that's currently happening. I say that because Declan Rice. No one knows what's happening with that right now. Like apparently, City are now interested or ready to make a bid, so we don't know where he's going to go. But Havertz is looking like it's certain now that he will be joining yeah. in Arsenal. Um, so we'll do two questions. The first one is his stint at Chelsea. Honest thoughts, because I have my thoughts as well, but it's not just based on him. And then the second thing is, what do we think he can he can do for Arsenal? I will ask some Arsenal fans in the future what they can what they think he will do for them, even though the the overall reaction has just been sort of negative. That like, what the hell do we want with Kai Havertz? You can ask about a lot of players, and a lot of players come good for you, so you just never know. But um, yeah, still at Chelsea first. What are we saying? Are you are you giving it like a maybe like a five out of ten? Are we happy with what he's contributed to the club? It's it's hard. I mean, I, I would probably say six, if I'm honest. So if I was going to do it out of a 10, and the reason I give him a six is because I feel he did contribute, but I think he was set up to fail at the same time. Okay. Because <clears throat> there was times when we would play Kai Havertz as a, a, I'm going to say as a false nine. He wasn't even a false nine. He was just the striker. He was the number nine that we were trying to play down the middle. Now, I don't know if anyone watched Kai Havertz before he came to the Premier League or whatever, but he was not technically playing as a striker at all. Like that's just you can see that if you go watch the Bundesliga. Yeah. The thing with Kai Havertz, he's a really technically he's a really good player in the right system, and we got to see that in glimpses when he played, uh, possibly under Tuchel, maybe even Graham Potter as well. But there was game. I mean, recently I think there was a game against Dortmund that must mm. have been under Graham Potter, and he he. he was brilliant. I'd, I'd, I'd arguably say he was mad in the match at that game. And the reason he played better is because he almost played as a second striker. He almost played just off a striker. He's he's sort of not the striker, but he is the striker as well. And yeah, he, he loves yeah. and, and what he loves to do really well is he'll, he'll find pockets of space to run into. He'll use, especially if you play, I mean, I would have played him more on a wider left or right. I would have probably, predominantly probably played him on the left, the left side. Mm-hmm. And let him drive in with the ball and use that space because he, he that's one of the things he does very very well and a lot of a lot of Chelsea fans will criticize him based on the fact he was playing as a striker if you put me as a striker I'm probably going to miss a hundred chances so it's, everyone's got a position if you're not 
necessarily meant to be playing in that position for me, then you can't really criticise him because the manager's telling him to do a job. Um, yeah. Thomas Tuchel, I think, originally said that, you know, he was asked what's his, his, his preferred role and even Thomas Tuchel couldn't answer the question. He said he's, he's, a, he's a man of many talents or something or I can't, I don't want to paraphrase him, but he's basically saying he can play on the left, he can play on the right, he can play as a, a, a 10, he can play as a yeah. nine, he, he's a man of many, he's, he's good in the box, aerial, aerial duels, he's good, you know, off set pieces, he's, he's brilliant. So I think it's harsh for Arsenal fans to say, what do we want with him? I suppose, yeah, you've got probably people in that position that can, that, that are going to start ahead of him. But you got to remember Arsenal in the Champions League this season, and you do need a big squad. You know they missed Gabriel Jesus last season through injury, and Ketia. Yes, he came in and done a job to an extent. Martinelli can do that job. I see him playing maybe, uh, maybe where Xhaka was sort of playing last season to an extent as well. I think he could probably play that role. Um, but I think Arteta's smart. I think you know he knows that he needs someone in that in that team that can probably sit on the bench and come off and play some some games, or can come into a Champions League game, give one of his his, his regular eleven a rest. So the, for me, the only thing that did shock me was the fee. I mean, I, I'm surprised we got that much for him. I'll be honest. I don't think I didn't think we were. I think we I think we might have paid seventy five for him, maybe eighty million. Yeah. So in terms of what he, how long he's been there, and what the expectation of him was which if we're going to be honest, he hasn't fulfilled at Chelsea, then you would expect maybe a 50 or a bit less, maybe 40 for him. But I think he's going to do amazing for Arsenal. I, I think it's a, it's a really good, really good buy for Arsenal. I'm not just saying that because I wanted him off the books, but I think he's a really good player. <laughs> no, I, I agree. I, there is, I hate the way football's gone and, and saw that the system thing because I, I blame Pep Guardiola for it. It's not his fault. It's, it's his fault, but it's also not his fault in the sense of he found such a system at Barcelona that works that he could implement it everywhere. And everyone that was trying to catch up to him didn't know how to because the style was... They, they didn't know how to implement it like he does, nor did they have the quality of players that he did as well to do the style. Um, he And he, it's not even originally his style. He's obviously adapted it from the past, like um, Cruyff and you know, so on and so forth um, with the position of football and getting players in wide positions. Like, he's, he's adapted it and he's using his current couple of players to do it. And when you have that transition from having players who, back in the day, like 2000s and further back, you you had you had tactics, you had systems, but players who had the freedom to go out there and really express themselves and make runs where they thought it, it was. And, you know, if um, they didn't agree with the tactical style, they will do their own thing. I always go back to when um, Arsene Wenger said that he tried to put an instruction out and I think Lee Dixon and Patrick Vera told the players, hey, don't listen to this guy. Just keep doing, keep doing what we're doing. And <laughs> someone, like, someone like Kai Havertz, right? I watch him and when he was at Leverkusen, the one name that kept popping into my head was Lampard. Lampard, Lampard, Lampard. Because he doesn't have the goal tally of Lampard but he gets into the box or on the edge of the box yes. at Lampard and he's slapping goals for Leverkusen. So when he joined Chelsea, I was thinking, I don't rate Lampard as a coach, but bro, this is your double. Like, yeah, utilize You should know what to do with him. Yeah, just look at him and be like, yo, you're doing what I do, obviously to a lesser scale, but let me help yeah. you learn what I, why I was so successful in that role and express it. But with someone like Havertz, now that Chelsea didn't really utilise him... Uh, well, depending on who the manager is, I think 
Tuchel eventually found the slot for him. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. when they signed Lukaku, it kind of went south because there was no... He wasn't the main man anymore. He wasn't the number... Or the fourth nine or number nine or the shadow striker or second striker or number 10 going... In, he, he was now going to be essentially playing for the focal point. That is Lukaku. Obviously, that didn't work out, but he's someone that will be looked at as a, dare I say, and I hate this term, a luxury player mm-hmm. because I think they're going to look at him and say, how do we use him? I think it's quite simple how Arsenal use him. Now, they're going to say they've got Jesus at number nine, Saka's got the right, Martinez's got the left, and at number 10, they don't want anyone but Odegaard. Understandable. Completely understandable. However, I personally, I don't know how people are going to feel about this. I personally consider Havertz more of a goal threat than Jesus. I don't... Tough one. It's a tough one, but it's because although I understand what Jesus' role is for Arsenal, I don't enjoy what he does as a striker. I don't like... I hear what you're saying. Going too deep and trying to create from left back or wherever he gets into and doesn't they come with Martinez. It, it's nice for Arsenal and it worked this season but and I'm not saying they should change it but just as a player that's known as a striker I don't enjoy that because your name your main priority should be score goals. Whether yeah, it's I've this, always it, said that. Yeah, whether it's this era or previous eras or the future eras if you are a striker my aim for you is to score as many goals as possible and I don't think he puts himself in enough positions to do so. Whereas with Havertz I think he has the know-how, and they're both smart players, but I think he has a bit more know-how in terms of how to get into those spaces and attack those spaces. And when you've got someone like Odegaard and yeah. Saka that can create for you, yeah, get into those spaces and get those chances. And I feel that like he will thrive more than Jesus because Jesus has to get involved in the play a lot more yeah, than yeah, yeah. in my opinion. That's just... That's just how I feel about those two. That's why I feel like he'll do a bit more for Arsenal. And I don't think it's a bad signing. I think it's a very good signing. The fee is crazy. I agree. However, <laughs> if we're going to be very honest, I think everyone has to realise that Chelsea are not going to lose once, if regardless of change, change of ownership, if there's one skill Chelsea will not lose, is how good they are selling players. They make good money from sales. Not re- mm, I, I think, know, I think you know. Maybe I I'm forgetting some. Maybe I'm forgetting some. <laughs> well, just, 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 I mean, even looking Kulabali, like Kulabali, I think we, I can't remember what we spent on him. I'm, I'm going to say, I'm going to find out. Wanna I'm going to say out. at least, I, I don't want to say 50 million, 45 million, but we spent a lot on him. And I think we're only selling him for 20 million or 25 million. So we've lost 20 million in a season on him. Mm, so yeah, I agree with you. Yeah. I agree with you recently. I, I can't remember the figures, so but I think I think we've signed him for about 45 million. Um Chelsea, here we go. How much is that? You were for 38 million euros. So yeah, it was thereabouts, but I think we were, we're only selling him. Like I think between him and Mendy, I think we're yeah. only gonna make 30 million for the two of them. Okay, that's poor. Okay, that's poor. So <laughs> that's poor, yeah. You're getting two for one, it's a buy one, get one free sort of thing. <laughs> and and I, I think previous times when uh, Marina Granaskai was at the club, you know, she was she played hard hardball. She wasn't selling anyone for anything, and that's why a lot of our players ended up on loan because mm. certain clubs were just not willing to budge. And they you know, they had a realistic valuation of who they, what they thought our players were. We had our valuation didn't come to anything. They go on loan for two seasons, and then you just 
let them go at the end of the contracts, like Bakayoko, who's finally off the books this season. But um, yeah, I, I I think at the moment, I mean, looking at Mason Mount, another one playing playing hardball there. So I agree with you there. You know, we're trying to hold out for uh, initially it was eighty million. I think yesterday yeah. we said we'll accept sixty five as a as a because he. Did, I, I, I think I think you're selling for about fifty seven million pounds. I think 50. I think I've literally just, whilst we're recording, just read that the deal has to be done by next Friday. Otherwise, it's not oh. happening. And the reason that, or is it this Friday, actually? Uh, oh, end of, oh. Oh, end of next week. So the reason that is, and the reason why we're pushing for all these sales is because we have to meet that deadline for the 30th of June, which is next Friday, for the FFP stuff. So if that doesn't happen, we're not in any rush. We don't have to rush to sell me some out. Hmm. He's still got another year. I mean, we can still keep him at the club for another year and you let him go on a free next season. Like they, to, to us, yeah. it's not really that big of a deal, I don't think. They I mean, what we're offering him is probably just in comparison to what you you guys are offering him. Like you're offering mm. him 200 grand a week, um, five year deal. I think I read today. Yep. <laughs> you're looking stressed that 200 grand, know it. Mainly offering big wages doesn't end to, tend to end up well. That's why it's nothing. It's nothing about him. It's just it, it, the history recently has just been bad. So, what do you think about Mason Mount though? Because I think we did see, speak on it last time, but now that it's materialized, it's coming into fruition. It looks like it's going to happen. Not gonna lie to you, I'm not. I'm not mad at it. Don't get me wrong. There are a lot more players that I prefer, um, but. I, I do think he's a good footballer. I, I don't understand the uproar. People talk about him as if he's an average Joe. I don't think he's bad. He, he's, he's a good footballer. Mm-hmm. Technically sound. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're talking about uh, trying to build a pressing system, he's, he's, he's aggressive. He's got the stamina and the energy to go back and forth. And when he was utilised uh, well, he had a good goal and assist return. I think in 21-22. I think that's the yeah. year that he did that. Yeah, so... Yep. You know, it's it, it becomes it's about how you use players at the end of the day. This this is how it is in, in football, isn't it? It's, he could come in and he could have a stellar year, and then the next year it could be crazy bad, or this year it could be bad, and people are saying, "Oh, we shouldn't sign him." But the next year, it kicks on. Same thing for Sancho because everyone when Sancho is coming, yeah, bring Sancho. He could be the guy for Man United, and now it's eh, I don't think so. It's football. You don't know, you know. So sometimes you're excited about, and then they don't work out. Some signings, you know, and I, I always tell people I'm not I'm not someone to come and tell you that I think this guy's gonna be a star because sometimes I get it right, sometimes I get it wrong. I'm I'm a fan, I'm an opinion I'm an opinionated guy, it is what it is. Um but I think he'll do well for Maynard personally. I hope he will, but I generally actually do think he'll do well. If he signs. If he signs, yeah. So I, I, I still there's a part of me still thinks that he might sign a contract with Chelsea. I mean, I know his agent have come out and said that under no circumstances will be signing a deal, a deal with Chelsea. But I think when push comes to shove, I mean, talk about the, the club that he's come through the ranks from youth. And I'm talking, I'm not talking 18, I'm talking Mason when Mason was still in primary school. So yeah, you know, he's come through the ranks. And I think to, you know, looking at him at the last game, I mean, he, he looked like he knew that was his last moment at um, Stamford Bridge as a Chelsea player, last game of the season. Um, but stranger things have happened. I mean, stranger things have Lukaku's still on the books. Stranger things have happened at Chelsea, yeah, man. Do yeah. you know what I mean? Fact. Um, but yeah, no, I'm, I'm interested to see how where that goes because I did have a, think, a feeling about that yesterday where you about the contract. I was thinking if we don't get this deal done, transfer window closes and he stays, I do expect Chelsea to do everything to try and keep him. Oh yeah, past the year. And yeah. from what I've heard, 
Pochettino does actually like him. He doesn't yeah, want yeah, him yeah. to go. So if he does get a year of him and utilizing him and he's enjoying his football, what what reason has he got to run away? He he might he might become a key man on Pochettino and he might even help you guys get back into the Champions League because, you know, at, at this point, Champions League is free for all at this point. It's City and then everybody, everybody else. You know, City is definitely fair making, game. Yeah, exactly. It's fair game. So, intriguing. It's intriguing. It's intriguing. Um, we'll, see what, we'll see what happens with him. Declan Rice, just out of curiosity, where should he go? Hmm. Out of, I mean, right now it's, it's City and Arsenal, but I'm thinking about it this way, right? And I rate him above Kevin Phillips, so or Calvin Phillips rather. So I, I'm not, it's not a comparison, but I'm looking at City, at City's team, and I'm not saying that he can't start because I think he can. I think he's more than good enough to start at midfield. But you've got the chance where it's either a rotational thing or. At Arsenal, where they essentially guarantee you that you will be the starter, but are you going to go for the team where everything's ready for you, or are you going to go for the team where they're trying to try and be, become a competitor? I don't know. I don't know what the best move is for him. I actually know. I do what I think is Arsenal, but do I know it's Arsenal? I mean, I, I'll say this. Uh, I, for me personally, I think, you know, two years ago, Jack Grealish had never had his hands on the Champions League. The Premier League, not even the FA Cup, actually. And any hands on anything, I don't think it filler. Um, yeah. he's gone to Man City in two years and he's won the Champions League, the Premier League, FA Cup. Um, he's won a lot, and I think Declan Rice, like I've, I can't remember where I've seen the clip, it was on social media somewhere. And Declan Rice is talking to someone and he's saying, I want to win everything, I want to win trophies, I want the big trophies, and and, and no disrespect to Arsenal fans at all, but. If you said to me, out of Man City and Arsenal, who's more likely in the next four years to win the Champions League, not even just off the back of last season's Champions League final, but just in general in terms of squad and manager and how they play and goals that they score, you're going to say Man City because I think they're more likely. Um, yeah, yeah. From what we've known, I mean, who, who would have had Arsenal being second in the league and pushing City as far as they did last season as well. So you don't know. I, I just think I 100% agree with you in terms of game time. He's almost, almost guaranteed to start 99% of games at Arsenal under yeah. Arteta. That's a given. But I think Pep likes to bring in players. And I think another thing with, with, with Pep, I think once he starts, I mean, if they're paying 100 million, he's more than likely going to start a lot of games. Jack Grealish is, this season, more so yeah. last season when he's the first season he signed, he wasn't he was he was coming off the bench. But this season he's played a lot more football. And I think he would improve Declan Rice. Not to say that he'd make him a world class midfielder, but I think yeah. he would take Declan Rice to the next level. I don't think Artessa can do that. I think Pep would make him one of those players that you would just go in 20 years ago, remember Declan Rice when he was at West Ham, and then they did the improvement of him. Yeah. Pep can do that unless Pep leaves, which is again very likely in the next season or two. But if he stays and he can, he can improve Declan Rice to be one of the best midfielders in the world. So I, I think for me, City is the the only option for Declan Rice. Um, mm. Arsenal, in my opinion, are very silly in terms of how they've gone about the the the, the, the pay structure, trying to get yeah. Declan Rice. I think I read like 
60 odd million plus add-ons and all the rest of it Klarna Klarna the payments and all that um <laughs> but I think you know they missed out on um Kaiseido for doing exactly the same thing yeah so yeah. I think they have to get one of the uh one of all they can't miss out on Kaiseido and Declan Rice because Kaiseido mm. apparently is heading towards Chelsea apparently so what, mm. what I'm hearing and Declan Rice, if he goes to City, it's going to leave a massive void for, for Arsenal because they know, they know they need to address that. You just mentioned before about Jorginho and other midfielders that have, you know, are going to potentially be leaving. They still need to fill that void. So yeah, agreed. they have to get that deal done, in my opinion. Agreed. No, it's true. And I think it would hurt Arsenal big time considering Caicedo and Rice are the top targets. If you don't get those yeah. two and you're losing Xhaka and Partey, where, where do you go next? This, this is... Because I mean, it looks like they've gone for their plan A's and not gone for their or not looked for a plan B. I mean, maybe they have, but and you said it as well with the um the offer because West Ham have been very adamant from day one, whether yeah. you're casual or not, it's a hundred plus. So to bid 80 and 90, it's just being silly. You know what they want, they're not budging, there is no given leeway, and clubs talk and clubs talk to agents and players away from their clubs. I'm pretty sure the agent would have told them they're not budging on 80 or 90. Yeah. You have to pay 100 plus. So, yeah. wait, I, I, they, they need they need to sign. They need to sign these guys. Even, even the owner from West Ham. Um, Sullivan. Yeah, yeah. Sullivan. I was going to say gold, but yeah, Sullivan. Um, even he came out and said, you know, we've got a gentleman's agreement with, with Declan Rice that he can leave at the end of the season. He wants to leave. He's told us that he wants to go. This is the money that we want for him. Arsenal and the worst thing is Arsenal just spent 65 million and I'm not saying they shouldn't but they've just spent 65 million on Kai Havertz did they actually need him yes they they need squad depth I'm not saying that they need squad depth there's probably other players out there that they could have spent less on than Kai Havertz mm. but if you need to fulfill a position that you haven't fulfilled 65 million for Kai Havertz seems a bit mad when you talk about it in that grand, in, in that kind of way of it but I don't know, man. It reminds me of the Suarez, the 45 million and one pound. So this is Arsenal, the Arsenal way, unfortunately. And they, but they do have to address that. They, they really do. Because I think you can't go into that Champions League without having the depth, especially in midfield. You have to think about injuries. You have to think about the rotation of the squad. All of those stuff. This is, you know, I'm not saying Arsenal win the Champions League, but if they want to progress, they want to get as far as they can, quarterfinals, semis, maybe the final, whatever, then they've got to have the squad to do it. You can't, you can't go in there with a, a, a minimal squad bare bones so it just won't work no facts facts um well i mean talking about we'll stick with the top four top four rivals because whilst arsenal look like they're not bolstering their midfield newcastle man um ha. i actually thought newcastle would take their time as in i thought it would be two years maybe they qualify for the conference league then they qualify for Europa League and then maybe make that push for the Champions League and, you know, maybe a title challenge in the, in the next three years because the money's there to do it. People think, of course, yep, the gap between them and City is big, but sometimes all it takes is a transfer window to just close that gap, a transfer window in good form. And suddenly the gap goes from 30 points to five points. Um, But in the last two weeks, they bid for Nicolo Barella, and Sandro yeah, Tonali, mm. and they're getting Sandro Tonali because 
um, uncle, I call him uncle. Here we go. Fabrizio Romano <laughs> um, has come out and said that essentially they have agreed the fee now and that the, the personal terms were done a week prior. Yeah, that to me is an insane move because I didn't actually think Tonali would be near enough available. I thought Tonali being an AC Milan fan, on top of being their key man, would just be a no-go zone. You, you can't touch him. But they've been audacious enough to make the move and they've succeeded. Bro, how big is this for Newcastle? Like, and I'm not saying Newcastle in terms of, if people are listening and saying, oh, that's a bit rude. No, I'm not saying Newcastle like Newcastle are, all right, just for them. You're not Sunderland. But considering, <laughs> considering that you just hit the Champions League just now, like you've just got here, to go and grab Tonali is wow. It's insane. Wow. Yeah, it is insane. It's insane. I think um I think it's I I I'll give you I'll give you um I think it was always gonna happen. I think they were always gonna try and um go big at some point. I think mm. they had to. I think if you look, I mean, I, I spoke when Graham Potter signed, I don't want to take it back to Chelsea, but when Graham Potter signed for Chelsea, I looked at the signings that we brought in, 600 million. Right. I looked at Eddie Howe signings and he spent like 250 million on like Dan Byrne and Kieran Trippier and all these other players that had come in. Um, Gamares, I think was another one. Uh, Isak, I think was the highest at 45 million or something. Yeah, and, yeah. And look how they played. They ran through brick walls for Eddie Howe. When the, the, the tough got going, or whatever that saying is, the going gets tough, all that stuff, they done <laughs> what they needed to do for Eddie Howe. And they ran yep. through brick walls for him. So I think, and I mean, I read the other day, they've only got a budget of 75 million, but I don't know if that's how true that is. I don't believe um, him. Personally, no, 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 I, mean, <laughs> I, I mean, we, we I, I don't at all. They're, I think, what are they paying for, for Tonali? Is it like 70 million uh, euros? So Yeah, 70 million euros, yeah. So, come on, and and there's still talks <laughs> of uh, James Madison. I think going there as well. So, yeah. I think they. It's a, I mean, it's a massive deal for them. You know, you think back to the old days when they were signing Aspria and those kind of players. You know, yeah. it, it feels like the Newcastle of old. You know, David Ginola, those players yeah. when they signed them. I'm not saying that we because we. I mean, I didn't know about Ginola, I suppose, but until he came to the Prem or Aspria, I didn't really know about them, but. We know about Tonali, but yeah. what I'm saying is that they're able to sign these high caliber, kind of high profile named players again because of the the, the Champions League pool is obviously massive, um, but also the financial backing. I mean, you've got an owner that is willing to dip into his pocket and pay the money and not mess around. You know, it sounds like they've literally just gone over there. I think that the one of the directors of football went over today to seal the deal. You know, they they're just they're just on the phone. Are you up for it? Yeah. Okay. Get on the first plane over to Italy, get it done, get get back to Newcastle and that's it. So there's no messing around with like AC have said, this is the price. That's the price. That's it. Yeah. So uh, one thing I will say about tonight, I do like him as a player, but I think he'll, I think he'll pick up a lot of yellow cards because I watch him, <laughs> I watch him, I watch him a lot for Syria and, and he loves a good tackle. He loves to get stuck in, which is not a bad thing. You, they need someone like that. But yeah, I just think, you know, um, you don't want to be losing him. I remember Casemiro a couple of times. He, you know, a similar, not not a similar player, but in terms of bookings and fouls and the rest of it, he picks up a lot of those bookings and you know you accumulate the suspensions or you get a red and it's three games out, pretty much banned. So yeah, it's difficult. 
Yeah, it is. It is. But I mean, maybe I mean I, I, I was trying to think about what kind of team he was trying to build because when he was first linked, and that's new. Um, anyhow, that is when he was first linked with um Scott McTominay and all these guys. I was thinking, oh, he wants a energetic midfield, you know, you know, that can last ninety minutes. So stamina wise, they'll go through brick rules, like you said, because McTominay is a passionate footballer. At the end of the yeah, day. He's, He's passionate. He'll fight for the shirt. That's that's literally his thing. And he's actually a good footballer. I'm not gonna, you know. Yeah, uh, I like Matomini, man. I think he gets a lot of stick. He, he gets a lot of unfair stick. I mean, I, I, I even me, I, I'm guilty of that. Let me not lie. Um, I'm <laughs> unfair stick, but it's it's more it's just more so because maybe because as as fans, some of us feel like he'd be a bit more of a squad player for us than a, a main man, regular starter. But that doesn't make him a bad footballer. He's a good footballer. Um, and he's actually a good goal getter as well for Maynard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I thought I thought that's what Eddie Howe wanted. But going for Tonali, it looks like he's going for not only a bit of steel, as you said. You know, he just pick up a yellow cards. He's a great. He's a bit of aggressive, uh, aggressive player. Maybe like he's. I'm, I'm assuming. I'm assuming midfield hero Gattuso, Ace Milan legend. Never know. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. He, a bit like that, but also he can play, and this is the main thing that I think Newcastle needed. I've always said that Newcastle need a creative influence in that midfield. Um, yeah. Whether it's from deep or whether it's advanced, you need someone who will just be able to spray passes. And not only is he a tough tackler, he is a, a player that is comfortable with the ball at his feet. Very comfortable. Um, got an eye for a pass, can hit uh, shots from range. They've signed a quality footballer here. So they should be absolutely over the moon with the signing. And dare I say, as much as I don't want it to happen, I would actually be very, very interested if they went back in for Barella and said, we still want you. I think they are. I think I, I read mean, they are. They still want him. They, brilliant. Because a midfield of Barella, Tonali, and Bruno yeah, Ramirez yeah. is, is scary. You know, it's yeah. not scary. And then you think That's... about the players in front of him now. You got um, Almiron. You got, yeah. um, I know St. Maximum hasn't really played last season on the left, but he sat down in the middle. So Callum Wilson there, they can swap the two of them. So they've got, I mean, they've got. I mean, they still. I feel. I think personally, they still need to look at the defense as well. Yeah, um, yeah. I think Jamal Lascelles kind of came back into the squad the back end of last season, and uh, Dan Burns at left back, Trippier. Yeah. So I think they still need to look at that. They can't go into. For me, they can't go into the Champions League with that defense, in my opinion. But That's um, I, I think baby steps. Not, not even baby steps. They're they're at the toddler stage now, where they're walking and talking and whatever because they're actually doing what they should be doing at the level i think they're ahead of their time in, in terms yeah. of the takeover you know like you said they should be trying to get like a conference league trophy or europa league but they're in the big time already they haven't really spent excessive in my opinion 250 million or whatever it is now good money, not yeah. a lot when you think everton has spent half a billion and <laughs> close to relegation so you know i don't think you can uh, yeah i don't think you can um criticize Eddie Howell the owners or nothing they've, they've done it the right way in my opinion yeah I agree no I fully agree I fully agree and I want it to continue because I feel like we need another shake-up and you can't have Man City Liverpool Man United sometimes Arsenal sometimes Chelsea Spurs sometimes you can't have them being comfortable because and I'm going to say this in, I'm going to say this now in my opinion I think we need to stop talking about Top four, top six. Yeah, I've stopped that anyway. Because it's going to be. What is the top six now? What does the top six consist of? Because Newcastle just finished top four. Are they top six now? Are they top four club? There you go. So Brighton Brighton finished six. Are they a top six club now? For certain, you know, 
you, 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 you might as well just say there's a top four for the season and just keep it moving at this yeah, point. Yeah, it yeah. is what it is. Um, we finish outside. Let's let's be right. We finish outside the top four, top six, and top ten. So what does that make <laughs> us? You know I mean? So uh, I think you, I think you're right. I think we got to just stop this whole top six and top four. I think that's more for the the TV. The pundits love to build up race to the top four and yeah. race to the top six and all that stuff. So I think they love all that. But I, I think personally, you know, I think yeah, it's it's like we said about the um the Champions League spots, Europa, Europa Conference is all fair game as well. No, anyway, it's up for anyone to take, and no one should be uh, like embarrassed to, to be in that. You know, I think there's clubs or fans that are like, oh, you know, we're in a conference league or whatever. I think is it Liverpool that made it this year? I think or Liverpool um, are Europa League. Oh, conference sorry, it's Aston league. Villa. Is it Aston Villa? Aston Villa yes. yes, Aston Villa. So you know, they can't be embarrassed by that. They they've been out of Europe for how many years? So they should be proud that they're in that. Yeah, yeah. Um, when you mentioned Isaac and um. Wilson, I was thinking strikers for a second. Someone I forgot to ask you about. Let's go back to Chelsea real quick. Nicholas Jackson. Yeah, I'll be honest. <laughs> I'll be honest. I do not know much about this player. I had to I had to research him because mm. I was like, who is he? And I, I I don't know. I still don't. I still don't fully know. I know he's had a really good back end of the season. I'll be honest. I've read that that he scored. I, I can't remember. If it's, I can't remember. I don't want to put a number on it, but he scored a fair amount of goals in a short space of games maybe 19 games and so many goals i can't remember yeah. but he sounds like someone we need if i'm honest he sounds like someone that is not high profile he's not when i say high profile he's not a lukaku he's not a you know you think when we signed didier Drogba, he wasn't really a known player so i'm hoping it's one of those signings where yes we haven't broke the bank for him i think he's 35 million release clause or something so i think if he can come in and do the job He's almost ahead of what we need because we've got the wire plays, we've got the Mudrik, we've got Madweki, we've got Raheem Sterling, we've got, um, I was going to say Felix, we haven't got him anymore, but we've got someone else that we're going to try. Oh, and Cuckoo, we've got him yeah. in there as well. So um, I, I think Poch needs to, I mean, he starts in two weeks, uh, the 3rd of July, that's his first. So he needs to start getting all these players, get everyone back from preseason, get the new signings in and just get them working and see what he can do. But what do you think about him? Because I, I don't know if you know um, about him. I, no, okay. I do actually think he's good. Um, I'm trying to remember how many goals he got. In there. I think he got around 12, 13 goals in the league last year for Villarreal. Villarreal had an okay season. If you want, if you want to give them that, you know. Um, where did they even finish? You know, let me even see the yeah, league table whilst I'm here because they they were up a bit up and down Villarreal, but then you know it is what it is. That's 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 it. What happens in football, isn't it? Um, so where did they finish last year? Uh, 22 23. Just trying to remember again. Showing me last season's table. Here we go. La Liga Eurosport with the clutch. They finished fifth, they had a good season. I, I think they were expecting top four because they did expect social that to have such a good year. Yeah, social yeah. that are the team that finished fourth. Um, I will say this he's a bit of a gamble, but. Mm. He is a bit of uh a... actually no, I'll put it to you like this. I'll put it to you like this. He always influences games. So similar to and I I I would never ever disrespect Didi did Drogba. Drogba is a legend, he was an incredible striker. But you know, in this era, they're all about numbers. That's that's yeah, what yeah, yeah. that's what they're obsessed about. So when Drogba didn't have a uh, 20 goal season, people would talk rubbish about him now because oh he didn't score that many. 
they didn't really understand what he did, whatever. Nicholas Jackson can be that kind of player for you. He's not as physically imposing as Drogba, but he's young enough to get that build-up. Yeah, How old is he? 20, 22, I think, isn't he? Or something like that. So. Yeah, 21, 22. So you've got time for him. But what I will say is this, and I'll be fair to him. Um, if you get a lot more creativity around him than, than, than he did at Villarreal, you're going to enjoy it because Chukwese is not really for me a creative winger he's someone that's trying to get a bit more goals in his game um, Parejo is probably their most creative player because um, he I mean his passing is just incredible um, but I think in the Premier League where you have a bit more speed around him he's a quick player um, and always has an eye for goal he's someone that Trust do what I want a striker to do. Try and get goals. You know, yeah, that's it, I wouldn't that's look it. at the yeah. I would look at I wouldn't look at the twelve goals and feel nervous. I'd say, okay, you're a young boy. Let's give you a shot and give him three years to see what he can develop into. And if he becomes that guy, that's fantastic. So yeah, I think I think it's a gamble because I think there are probably four or five other strikers you could probably spend around the same money on and you know go for. But nevertheless, that doesn't make him any less than the other guys he is a good player and I think he'll be, I think he'll be de- a decent addition for uh, Chelsea and to be fair I think he suits Pochettino's football very well yeah, so I was going to say sense. I was going to say because we've still got I mean there's talk of um, David Datra for Fana. I can't remember mm. he's meant to be going on loan I can't remember it might be might be a club in Turkey or maybe it's Palace or West somewhere somewhere anyway I read that he's meant to be going on loan Amanda Broyer's back in Looks like proper training. So okay. Amanda Brewer is obviously someone that missed the whole of the season. I'm expecting either him to go out on loan or to stay as a second striker or someone that could come off the bench. Um, yeah. And obviously the, the, the elephant in the room, <laughs> Lukaku. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, I mean, we, I mean I'm, I'm hearing now that AC Milan are interested in him if Inter can't buy him. So, you know, I, I'd, I'd be surprised. I think Jekko just left Inter as well, um, didn't he? The, he's literally gone yeah, he's gone to Fenerbahce, I think, or wow. he's gone to somewhere in Turkey today or yesterday. So, um, yeah, so th- th- there might be. I think there's. I think the ultimate thing for Lukaku, he wants to go to, um, yeah, stay. It's in in Italy. He doesn't want to come back to England. So, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to what Jackson Jackson can do. I think he's, like I said, I don't know much about him, but there's obviously room for him. That's someone. That's a. a area of the team that we've been crying out for someone to take hold of and say look make it yours make it your role make it you and, and do what you can do with it so if it's him then good if it's not then we haven't spent 100 million or 97.5 million like we did with Lukaku on him so yeah. I'm happy I'm happy in that sense as well yeah no I, I agree I agree I mean it's going to be a very interesting season for for you guys in general because obviously no European football and a lot of goings out and comings in, so it's going to be interesting. But I think someone like him, he was thriving in that environment. And I'm actually interested to see what happens with Broha as well, because, I mean, being so young to have such an injury is, is devastating. But the good thing is he's still young. Mm. That's the that's the big plus for me here. So if you can just, which I think you guys are good at, just take your time with him and just bring him back slowly and yeah. get back to fitness, he'll it, be okay. Um any more transfers to talk about? I'm trying to think of any other more. Um, One's literally just gone through as we were recording. Um, Who's that? Uh, Justin Clivert signed for Bournemouth. Excuse so, me? Yeah, so he's he was was he on loan at Rome or did he was he he was home? he was their player, I believe. 
So yeah, he says Pace says Bournemouth have completed uh, a deal for for Justin Cliver for nine point five million with eight hundred and fifty mm. add-ons. Uh, he's gonna have a medical tomorrow, five-year contract. That's come from Uncle. Here we go. That's Fabrizio Romano. Literally tweeted that um, eight or one as a recording, so ten minutes ago. So yeah, that's that's a. I mean, that's a steal. Oh, I think oh, it was Valencia. I didn't know. Was he at Valencia? I didn't even he know. He was that. at Valencia. Yes, he was. He was. He was. He, was, he, was. he did. In fact, I he should was. know that because I watched their last game of the season. When they needed that <laughs> I should yeah, yeah, that. yeah. Me too. I was, I was hoping to take the L and get out of there. Like, <laughs> to, him, to, to him, him and uh, I forgot who the other player was. It was it Musa? Them two stood up. Cavani's there as well at Valencia. Yeah, forget that guy, man. Forget <laughs> that guy, man. Uh, <laughs> um, him and Musa um, backed Vinicius, which is which is lovely because yeah, yeah. I, I was worried that you know, which yeah, probably yes, of course. Yeah, which probably plays a part in Valencia, probably just put him on the put him on the market. But I was worried that you know they would try and vilify him because you know he's standing up for Vinicius. Back. But yeah, the fact yeah. is, yeah, you guys were racist, so that's that. Yeah. Exactly. So anyway, um, that's a good move for Bournemouth. Actually, and actually, Bournemouth do need to add because they are lacking quality. Um, because they were uh, relying a lot on Philip Billing towards the end of the mm-hmm. season. Like, he was doing pretty much a lot of goal scoring and creating. So someone like Clive, who's a direct winger, speedy. Very good. Yeah. Very good addition. No, but that's, that's a good one. It's a bit um, weird, though, because obviously they just sat Gary O'Neill. So, yeah. And, I can't remember who's come in. They've, they've um, um, I think Donny, it's a, it's a Donny, Spanish. Yeah, Anthony so Raola. Um, yeah. He's had a bit of an up and down managerial career as well, because his first job, I forget where it was, but he got fired after like <laughs> less than six months. Then he went somewhere, did all right. Went to another club, got fired again, mm. and was it? Where did he just come from? Was it Valladolid? Or, yeah, I think uh, you're right. Yeah, like yeah, that. yeah. Where he's come from, he's had an okay season. So, if I mean it, the 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 deal was done very quickly after um, and it was let go. So I'm assuming that yeah, was he definitely announced it the same day. Yeah, so I think it was in the pipeline, but. I don't. Was it right to sack O'Neill? I mean, he didn't get many crazy results, but your Bournemouth. The players that he has at his disposal, he's... he kept him up. For me, yeah. that's enough. I think, I think if you, it's very similar to and kind of going off topic, it was similar to Darren Moore at Sheffield Wednesday. Like the fact that he yes. got them, he, he he nearly lost. What was it, four nil first leg or something mad like that? And then to go through, get to Wembley, get them promoted, and then neutral leave, like both leave on mutual terms. That's it's a bit weird, and I feel like the Gary O'Neill. I feel like the. I feel like. Bournemouth owners had already made that decision before the end of this, before the season ended, because you don't sack a manager mm. who kept you kept you up, kept you in the top flight of English football, yeah. and sack him. And it's not like they sacked him because it was like a conversation. Clearly, they had had him lined up anyway, the new man. So that conversation was just um, formality for Gary O'Neill and the yeah. owner. So they. I think it's I think it's a re- really backwards way of doing it, and it does it. It shows a massive reflection on the owners and the club and how they're running it. And you look at Watford now, you know, you don't want to be a Watford. Do you know you what do not mean? want so, to be a Watford. <laughs> yeah, you, you do not. Because Watford fans know that if they come back to the Premier League, give it two years maximum, they're going straight back down after they have about ten managers coming in and out of the club. Um, Tottenham. Got more breaking news if you want it. Okay, go for it. Uh, so it says here that Saudi Arabia have withdrawn their candidacy for the 2030 World Cup. Very, very interesting. Oh, not sure why. 
Um, I thought that was, a, that was a major part of bringing Ronaldo to the country. I'm not sure, but it says they, they basically don't feel they can compete with Spain, Portugal, or Morocco. Um, they know they know something's happening because aren't they? Doing yeah, like a joint, come on. Spain, Portugal, this is a joint, yeah. They know what's happening. They, they know what's yeah, happening. Something's okay, going okay. on behind the scenes, you know. Yeah. Right, but... So the, the World Cup is going to be Spain, Portugal. They're going to do a joint one. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah. At least we know. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, I um, cut you up. You said okay. Tottenham. You wanted to talk Tottenham. Yeah, Tottenham. So Tottenham are losing Hugo Lloris. Um, yes. And they have they are looking to sign the Empoli goalkeeper Vicario. Now, yeah, they've signed him. I think it's a done deal. Oh, well, perfect. Well, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna say this because I I actually think he's a good goalkeeper. He's yeah, not the yeah. best of his feet, but he's not bad either. He's very he's he's comfortable enough where they they can start building attacks down from the back. He's comfortable enough to do that. Um, he is 26 years old. So, and he's a decent shot stopper he will improve and I think he's been improving in the last two years so I feel like that's why I'm I'm assuming um, Anjay the, the new manager I always I say first name because the last name I, I don't want to butcher it yeah I need to learn how to say it properly <laughs> it's not, it doesn't even look hard to, it doesn't even look hard to see say to be honest but when it's not in front of me I can't read it properly um, yeah um, but if it's his signing, I think it's a good signing, and I think it's a signing that makes sense. And the fee is not big, so whilst Brian uh, Brentford wanted a lot of money for David Raya, I think sometimes common sense has got to prevail here. And if there's someone that's similar and a lot cheaper, you just go game and go with it. So, yeah, so take that. Um, May United might actually lose David De Gea next week. Um, How do you feel? <laughs> I'm not gonna lie to you. I'm not happy about it. But the reason I'm not happy about it is because you're not happy yeah, about it. No, no. Okay. The reason I'm not happy about it is because, like, main fans. What what main fans don't seem to understand is our our goalkeepers this year were David de Gea, Jack Butland for six months, and Tom Heaton. Butland's already gone to Rangers, but he was never gonna be a competitor for the first team, uh, number one jersey anyway. And Heaton is past his age and he's, he's essentially going to be there for the little cup games against the lower league lower, lower league opponents uh so when you've got the hair there sign him on for another year or two but also by a goalkeeper yeah so that you know a transition not, yeah it's a transition you bring a new goalkeeper in he, he can be a number one that's not a problem but at least you have another good enough goalkeeper just in case of something happening this is what they're there True. for you know what i mean um I just don't I don't like the fact that Man United fans are so eager to get him out get. Wages are high, despite the fact that he's really said that if he signs a new contract, the wage is going to be a lot lower than what he's on right now. But people tend to forget about that. Number two, treat him with a bit more respect. I'm not saying, you know, be like nostalgic or whatever, but he's not been a terrible goalkeeper for Man United. People talk about him right yeah. now as if he's been shocking throughout the years. And now they're doing these pathetic compilations of mistakes and I'm like yeah in those seasons he also saved your butt a million times yeah so, forget. Yeah, exactly so it's like you know I get it everyone wants to force every single goalkeeper to have to be good with their feet and play from the back and stuff what people tend to forget and don't realise and again it's going back to why I hate um, systems and why I do blame Pep even though it's not really his fault not every player not every goalkeeper not every defender not every midfielder not every forward has the ability to play that type of football. 
So yeah, if yeah. they suit a different style of football and it works for them, it doesn't make them bad. It means they just don't suit that brand of football. Yeah, yeah. If the hair can't play from the back, so be it. Change but it doesn't up. mean yeah. uh, forget about what he's good at and just cuss him out for what he's not good at. He has been a brilliant goalkeeper for Man United to the point at some point where people, not only in the Man United camp, but outside of Man United fans, were saying that this guy could be one of the greatest Premier League goalkeepers of all time. They yeah. were saying it. I think he, I think I think people forget how hard goalkeepers are hard to come by. Like there's not just a a, a pool of of goalkeepers coming through. Look, there is, but they're not they're not all top quality. And yeah. if we're going to be honest. There's very few and far between. And when you get hold of one, they are going to make. They're, they're not robots. They're going to make mistakes. They're going to have moments of of form, just like yeah. every other outfield player does, where they don't perform as well as they do. Yeah. Um, this is why I look at Kepa as an example or I keep bringing it back to Chelsea because that's just where my mind is at the moment but there's other goalkeepers out there that you can you could say had a half decent season then they have a bad dip in form you know during the Christmas period and then they rediscover it at the end of the season yeah. so if that keeps happening of course yeah you're going to put you, you might you could pull out a compilation together of that little dip in form or over the past five years, you could put a compilation together of all the hair's bad mistakes, but you could do that for Ronaldo. You could do that for Messi. You could do that for Neymar. You, I could you probably put 10 video clips together of Neymar misplacing a pass. So what what does that say? What does that mean? It doesn't mean anything. I just think, I, I do think, me personally, I do think maybe the time a couple of seasons ago for the hair was to go then. Mm. If you remember the whole fax machine thing and it didn't yeah. go through and yeah. all that maybe then was his time i feel like he should just go down now i mean how old is he i don't know is he still he's, is he he's, he must be beyond 30. I mean, he joined us at 21 so he's probably at 31 32 now yeah oh yeah so i think he's still got another i mean goalkeepers get an extra two or three years don't they mm. technically so i think yeah he might move on he wants to go maybe go back home to spain at some point and, and play there for a season or two but i think i think the level of dis- disrespect around him is 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 it's crazy. I don't think that's deserving at all. But it's, it's who do you bring in? Um, well, we've been linked with um, Onana from. Inter. I know, I know, I, know. I don't want to hear that because I, I want him. I want him. Oh. The- <laughs> <laughs> I, I think him. I think he is one of the best with his feet as well. I mean, his distribution. Yeah. I mean, I was watching him in um, the final, mm. the, the, and I mean, he's just one of those goalkeepers that you need if you want to play out from the back. If yeah. you want a goalkeeper that is solid and. We thought we had that in Mendy, you know, like I said, the goalkeepers can be good at one thing and really poor at another. And you just have to understand, well, how can I adapt my system to make sure that that doesn't happen? You know, Mendy was really bad with his feet. He's got really yeah. bad distribution. So you don't necessarily want him playing out from the back. There's times where he had lapses in concentration where I think it was West Ham. He literally had the ball. And I can't remember who's coming towards him. It was either Jared Bowen or someone was coming towards yeah, him. Might have been yeah. um, Shamako Shumak, or whoever, whoever it was. And he literally just sat, had the ball. Like, literally didn't know. He, like, had stage fright. This guy just yeah. had a whole <laughs> clear moment of fog in his head. So, you know, those things are going to happen to a goalkeeper or outfield. Mm-hmm. You know, we can't just base our opinions on that. We have to say, well, he got us to the, the Champions League final. He helped us win the Club World Cup. You know, we can't just think of the bad things. We've got to think about the, the good things that the goalkeepers are doing as well. And yeah. let's be honest, your goalkeepers only is good. And I always say this to people, you've got to have a really good defence in front of you. Fact. Otherwise, you're picking out the ball, possibly out the back of your net at some point during the game because your, your defence is only as good as 
the goalkeeper can be. He needs a really good centre-back partner, partnership in front of him. He needs to know that they're all going to work. The, the cohesion needs to be there with the whole defence, the back four, back five, whatever. They have to be on the same page, all of them. Yeah. So if that don't work, and you've got two out of the four of them that are, are working together, it's a, it's a goalkeeper's nightmare. So exactly. I, I don't know what people want, man. I'd love to see some of these fans go and go for two games <laughs> in Trafford. 70,000 or whatever. Errors galore, I'm telling you. And, uh, they wouldn't even make it to half-time. They wouldn't oh, even they, they, like they, that. They, they, they the, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, no, no, hamstring, hamstring, ankle, ankle. So they can't, they can't. No, man, come on. No, it's facts, it's facts. It's facts. Everybody's going to make mistakes. Even Alisson. Alisson's a brilliant. Yeah, Edison. Brilliant Edison make mistakes as well. Two of the best goalkeepers. Edison, who's known for his passing, literally threw the ball to McTominay and conceded the goal from near enough to halfway line. Alisson's made mistakes this season. He's been Liverpool's best player, but he's also made mistakes this season. Hell, you go back to some of the greatest goalkeepers we've ever seen. All of them have. There's nothing wrong with it. People, Michael, Petacek, David Zeman. There you go. Casillas was vilified for about three years at Real Madrid before he left yep. because he started making a catalogue of errors. He went from near enough to perfect goalkeeper for them to... Yeah, he's got out of here. Exactly. <laughs> Navas. They did not like Kilo Navas. In fact, yeah, get him to me now. Get the hair in. Suddenly, he became the, one of the greatest goalkeepers to ever do it in the Champions League. You know, it is what it is. But look, we are into Vanana. He makes mistakes as well. And he, boy, he makes a lot of mistakes. But he is better with his feet. Um, I will say this, United fans, if you want to play from the back, you might need better playing out of the back than Varane and Maguire. Because um, yeah, I'm, I'm not saying Martinez, because Martinez can do it. Lindelof can do it. Lindelof is a bit up and down with it, but he can do it. Varane is not the best with the ball at his, at his feet. And Maguire seems to become, uh, what's his name, Beckenbauer when he's playing against North Macedonia. So, mm. there you go. Um, any other ones before we leave? Uh, just, just two for me, and they're not big ones, but they did surprise me, and they're, they're two United ones. So, Zidane Iqbal and Hannibal yeah. have both left the club. And I think... I wait, think has, wait, has Hannibal left? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I, I think I'm sure he left. I'm sure he left. I'm sure I read yesterday. I think Zidane Iqbal left today for 1 million euros or something, which I think yep. is crazy. And yep. I'm pretty sure Zidane Iqbal left. Um, oh, sorry, Hannibal left, I think. Um, I can't remember where he's gone. He's definitely leaving or he's, he's due to leave. I know, I know Dortmund want him. Well, I think um, today i seen a tweet to say that basically it's like 13 or maybe 18 million euros, I think. But it's going to happen. Yeah, so they've they've offered. I think they're about to offer. They have offered fifteen million euros, yeah. and there was something that came out um, about essentially Ten Hag not in, being interested in keeping talents that he doesn't deem are going to be top class, world class players. He's top class. He'll be top class. I've watched him too much for the for the, the development so squad for United. I've watched him for Birmingham City. He is going to the top. I'm telling you, and. Maybe not now. Maybe, I mean, Ten Hag is a world-class manager, so he probably knows a lot more than I do. But mm. I'm telling you from what I've seen of this player, youth level anyway, he's a very good talent, man. And I'm surprised that United are letting him go and there's certain players that are still there that might need to move on for obvious yeah. reasons eventually. So, I don't know. I mean, I, I agree with, about Hannibal Mesbury. I mean, for anyone that has watched United's youth, you could see there was a special talent from, from early. Yeah, that. come on. I used to go yeah. every Monday, man. 
Yeah, man, he's just, <laughs> he, he, he stands out so much from the pack. He, yeah. it's, it's crazy. As for Zidane Iqbal, that one did surprise me more so about the transfer fee rather than him leaving. And the reason mm. why is because not that I expected him to leave. He was one of, not a name on my list whatsoever. I thought he'd have like another two, three years at United anyway. But it looked like the window for him to break into the team had gone. Yeah. And he wasn't getting like even sub appearances anymore because he was on the bench quite a bit and then suddenly you just didn't see him anymore. Yeah. I was like, okay, that's, that's a bit weird. Okay, maybe he's not cut out to be what they think or what they want him to be in Possibly. the next couple of years. So, hey, so be it. You know, and he's he's obviously he's going to be playing Eredivisie. Um, and it could be it could be a good proven ground for him. You never know what he could become. Yeah, it's a good league, um, man. It's a good league. Yeah, it's a good league. Exactly. So, we'll see what happens. I mean, look, it, with talents, you just never know. Like, Man United fans were absolutely furious collectively when we lost Angel Gomez. And right now, I don't think Angel Gomez will get into any for the media guys top six team let alone like a, a villa or something right now um no disrespect to them and then you got someone like marcus edwards who left tottenham because tottenham didn't think he'd be good enough and right now he's playing that sport in lisbon and he's enjoying himself a lot and he's wanted by premier league clubs again so it means that there's, there's talent there you just never know and then sometimes you get lucky you know um arsenal was it talk sport talk sport got the old academy manager from Arsenal that released Harry Kane <laughs> almost to like embarrass him saying why did you think he was not going to make him like well guys you just don't know that maybe he uh, wasn't sure because he had he had like 10 loans before he broke into the Tottenham team yeah, so I remember in the Orient man he was at Leon Orient and Leicester I think he went yeah. there everywhere so yeah. when he's going to all these clubs at some point you're thinking this guy ain't making it but he, he he just took one chance and suddenly he became the man. So that's what it takes, man. That's this is why when everyone talks about certain players that have gone on from other clubs, you you don't know at the time. You you know managers obviously don't see what and and let's let's be honest, not everyone makes it through that 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 door. Yeah, not everyone that's got a talent is going to go and, and burst through and be the Kevin De Bruyne or the Mo Salas and whoever Harry Kane. So you don't know that and it's hard to it must be hard as a as a coach at that level to to make those kind of decisions and then 20 years later you're talking on talk sport asking why did you make that because at the time <laughs> that's what the player was at the time the player was not good enough to make the cut Facts. he made the cut somewhere else that's it Facts. and and this is this is how it is i i, I as, as fans will laugh at him and say you don't know nothing well i'll tell you right now there was a time when i was sitting on a podcast saying that eric lamella is going to be the man and <laughs> did not become the man whatsoever. And there was a time when I was sitting on the podcast. He made the off. final. Wasn't he not in the final? The other, not, what final did I watch? He was in it. Yeah, Sevilla. He, he won the European League with him. Yeah. 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 You know, and then there was another time when I was, I'm not going to lie, when he was at Leicester, I was doubting Kante a bit because I was like, yeah, I see the energy, but I don't see the quality. Like, what's going on? Like, is he that good? Is he that good? You had a howler with that one. <laughs> howler. <laughs> Absolute howler! <laughs> to the point I've had them I'm... myself, man. I've had the, I've had them myself, man. I've, hey, man. I, I've hey. talked about, I big players up all the time, um, and it just hasn't, hasn't materialized for whatever reason. Because you see them at youth level, and yeah. So maybe I'm going to be wrong about um, Hannibal and Zidane. Well, maybe I'm wrong, but from what I've seen so far, they will be. I remember Lewis Baker for the Chelsea people. Lewis Baker yeah. is one of those players I used to hang on about to everyone it didn't matter who you was even if you don't like football i'm telling you about Luis baker and 
I don't even know where he is now. I don't. Know if, I don't know if he's got a club. I think he was at Redden a couple of seasons mm. ago. So I don't know where he is now. So you know, um, yeah, it happens. It happens, man. You just never know, man. We've had a lot of players come in, show quality. I even go back to Fran Marida. That's a name for someone. Yes. Anyone that's listening. Yeah, wow. Well, he he looked he looked like he's gonna be the guy, and then I don't know where he went. Yeah, no way. But it happens. It's football, man. It, this is it's it's a cutthroat sport. It's a game that we love, and it's a game that they love as well. And some people make it, some people don't. But you never know what their future could be. You could be a Mourinho who was never the best footballer, but one of the best managers ever. Precisely. You know, or you could be. It could, uh, it could be a Steven Gerrard who was a really good footballer and a really bad manager. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> there you go. So hey, I'm 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 intrigued to see what happens in the rest of the transfer window. Not gonna lie, bro. I'm gonna keep shouting you for a lot. Of yeah, man, hundred percent, man. Appreciate so, maybe come back on man and speak. Uh, I know I speak too much, but you know, hey, you no, know, you speak perfectly, man. That's what we want. <laughs> we, want we want more on that, so that's perfect. Um, but yeah, you know, we'll wrap it up here. An hour and twenty. I'm pretty sure as soon as we lock this off, something else is going to happen. But you know, we can address that another day. Um, so yeah, before we before we go, of course, plug yourself. Where can they find you? Yeah, so back to recording. I had a couple of weeks off. Just because it's chaotic, but yeah, you can see on there uh, from the shed end, it's mainly Chelsea um, content on there. So if you're not a Chelsea fan, or if you're not, you want to just find out about Chelsea, then come come over to from the shed end on Spotify, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all of that stuff. And um, style of playing football is coming back next season. I know, I keep banging on about it. It is going to come back next season. I'm going to put all my effort into making sure that it's going to be up and running. So style of play football on Twitter. Make sure you follow that and subscribe on the YouTube channel as well for both football, um, football style of play football and from the shed and subscribe for both of them on YouTube. Love that. Love that. And of course, um, you'll find all the links in the bio and on the YouTube and on Spotify as well. And of course, free free midfield podcast. If you're listening, you know where to find us, but if someone's playing and you don't know where to find us, YouTube free for podcast and, um, audio audios, just free midfield as a whole no spaces in there um but yeah here's to a nice transfer window there's gonna be a lot more drama hopefully a lot more saudi moves to piss off certain people unknown <laughs> names but other than that everyone else have a good day and um yeah speak soon peace <laughs>